0: All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is Dawn here, and I am the senior pastor of Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer, and I bring you greetings, greetings from on high. I thank God for another opportunity to come into his presence and come before his people. My God, what an awesome feast that God has given us over the last year as we began this journey to take a chronological review of the Bible so that we can get to know him better. It is imperative that we know and learn the character of God as we understand his identity because knowing his identity helps us to know and understand our true identity. For we were born and made and created in his very image. He beautifully and wonderfully made us in his image. And what a great, great honor that God has called us and set us aside for such a time as this. And we are concluding our study. We're concluding our Bible study of the book of Genesis. We started out our chronological review in the book of Genesis. We had a interlude or intermission, uh, and we broke off into the book of Job, amen, and what an awesome revelation God gave us about his character, Inasmuch as much as it has been complicated to understand God, he has given us a glimpse into who he is. How many know that it is impossible to encapsulate God into our finite understanding, our thinking ability? Uh, We cannot consume the awesomeness of who he is, but I am so grateful that he gave us a peek in. (laughs) He gave us uh, the ability to look through the lens of those who walked with him, who walked with him and talked with him in the ancient of times. So I am grateful to God for the opportunity that he has given us. But we're going to end out our uh, Bible study of the book of Genesis. We're going to focus this session on Uh, chapter 37 through 50, chapter 37 through 50. So we're going to get that done so that we can move over into Exodus. But how many know this has been a great experience? I have enjoyed myself getting into the word and every time. I get into God's Word. He gives me a new revelation. Now, I believe that it is important and imperative that we get into God's Word and that we learn the Word of God for ourselves because I believe that there is an abundant level of biblical illiteracy, meaning that we don't get in our words. We don't read it for ourselves. We accept others' interpretations or others' words. And I want to teach this in balance. We know and understand that God uses his uh, men and women of God as his voice piece, that we will better understand and decipher the word uh, by their uh, interpretation and direction. So I'm not negating that. What I'm saying is that we don't get in our word, we don't read our word, we don't meditate on our word, we don't seek to learn and understand who God is. But he gave us an opportunity, he put a prompting on our hearts to get into his word and lay the foundation, lay the foundation. There are many layers to this. Many Uh, 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 reasons that God is taking us through this path. But I know and acknowledge that because he is laying the foundation for the ministry, for Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer, that because he is laying the foundation, he is taking us this route. He is fortifying us, allowing us to study, to show ourselves approved. Amen. So that we can show that we have taken the time to get into his presence and understand his word. Amen. God has called me to the ministry of leaders. He has called me to the ministry of leaders and understanding that I know that my first ministry is my family. My first ministry is my family. I can relate so much with Noah to the point that I adopted my great grandmother's uh grandma name, which we called her Moa, standing, uh, meaning Mother Noah, Moa, and that's my adopted grandma name, and I can so relate to Noah. His first ministry was to his family, and I believe that. I believe that the ministerial call that I have to plant the church is an extension of that ministry. And I am walking in obedience to God's will. For those that God has called to come and walk alongside us, I invite you to enter in. We need the workers. We need the workers. But here's the thing. I'm not begging, borrowing, or stealing nothing or nobody from nowhere. God will prompt your heart. He will press it upon your heart and I'm telling you just by my walk with God, you can't get away from his call, so you might as well submit. Amen. All right. So we're going to get into things. I wasn't intending to go that route, but uh but I did. So let's get started. We're going to get into uh, the word. Heavenly Father, we just come into your presence and we ask that you will use us on this day, Lord God, and have your way and let your will be done, Father. Father God, we just pray, Lord Jesus, that you will speak through me as we begin to minister and dig into your word, Lord Jesus, that we will receive a rhema word. Father God, we know that your word is, is true. We know, Lord God, that your word is life and we know that your word quenches our thirst and it, it feeds our hunger, Lord Jesus. And we just ask that you will allow us to hear from you, hear from you, Lord God, and apply your word practically in our lives. We thank you for the examples that you gave us by the relationships that you had with our founding fathers in the faith, Lord God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for showing us what you were capable of doing. And if you did it before, you can do it again. And we thank you for your favor. We thank you for your grace. We thank you, Lord God, that as we believe that we are direct descendants of those that you have chosen, Lord God, we also are adopted into the kingdom. So we're covered on every end, Father God, and we just thank you. We thank you. We bless you. We honor and adore you for your glory. Now Father God, use me, Lord Jesus. Hide me that they'll see only you. Speak through me, Lord God, that they're here from you. Father God, open up our ears to hear, open up our minds to receive, Lord God, and our hearts to receive from you on today. Father God, let us keep our minds focused on you as we continue to lay the foundation and to receive from on high. Father God, we trust you. We bless you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Thank God. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, We have concluded our study or we're concluding our study today as we finish up the Bible in the book of Genesis. We're starting in chapter 37 and we're continuing through to uh, chapter 50. And so just want to give you another overview. And the reason that we do this, the reason that we do this is because it is important that we repeat the things that we have learned, that we absorb those things. And this is why I don't focus so much on memorizing the scriptures. We'll we'll get to that. But I believe that there is less of an emphasis on memorizing the, the words of the scripture versus the context of the scriptures, amen? The context, we got to get the context first and then we can go back and memorize because it becomes a a, a uh, self-soothing per se, right? That allows us to be confident in God's word because there is power in his word and there's power in the context, of his word, as much as there is power in the reciting of God's word. And I believe that this is a tool that the enemy has used to infiltrate the church with shame and guilt because so many people have difficulties memorizing the scriptures. Now, memory verses and memorizing the scriptures is a good thing it is a good thing but inasmuch as we are not under the letter of the law we are no longer under the letter of the law and as much as uh, uh, that is a reality we are not consumed or, uh, or 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 um what's the word i'm looking for required required to be able to recite every word letter by letter, precept by precept of the Bible. Amen. To receive the power behind the word of God. Amen. Amen. And there was another thought. I, I lost it, but it was good. <laughs> it was good. But 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 in as much as we are not bound by that. Here here we go. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because the letter of the law is written in our hearts. Amen. So don't let nobody get you bound up and making you feel like you ought to know something that you don't know. God will meet you where you are. God will meet you where you are, and He will supplement you with what you need. Man puts all of these unrealistic requirements on us that God had nothing to do with. We ain't got to preach like other folk. We ain't got to pray like other folk. We ain't got to recite uh, the word, and another one is learning all of these hymns and songs that folk act like they so deep because they know something. Well, we've been in the church as long as you and some of the words we don't know. And I, I, <laughs> I'm tickled because I think about my baby and her baby. And boy, I'll tell you, they are not confined to knowing no words or no song. They will sing a song and, and sing the words that they want to go <laughs> <laughs> Want to go in them. But that's not what we're talking about today. We are talking about the Bible, but I just wanted to, you know, help somebody to get free you know, get free, be liberated. Know that your relationship with God is your relationship with him and no one can dictate or govern that relationship. Amen. Uh, Some of the requirements that we put on ourselves when it comes to establishing intimacy with God are not required. They are not required. We get so focused on folk knowing how to recite scriptures, and I'm going to leave this alone in a minute, and knowing how to sing hymns and knowing how to, you know, uh, do all of these colloquialisms that are done in the church that we get away from the true precepts and principles that God has, those things that allow us to live upright and holy before him, walking as living epistles, uh, living out, his gospel in the earth, meaning the good news, that thing that comes to set people free and allow them to be loosed. Amen. All right. So so we talked about uh, last year, God started us on this journey to do a chronological review of the Bible chronological review of the Bible and we started out in the book of Genesis we had a uh, intermission or or uh, uh, a uh, interlude and we went into the book of job and then God brought us back into the book of Genesis to to finish that out and like I said I'm so grateful because our next book that we're getting into is going to be an exodus, and we have a guide on, on uh, uh, you know, what books we're going to go in what order, amen, and so we kind of got away from our weekly uh, um, chapters that we're supposed to read every week, and what I've adapted to doing, and it ain't nothing wrong with adapting, uh, plans are only built to be adjusted and changed so that you can implement accordingly, right? So anyway, and that's from a, a master uh, 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 project manager. Uh, y'all thought I was gonna say master prophet. Nope, <laughs> master project manager. We built our plans to be changed. Amen. All right. So so anyway, we started out with uh, the ideal that we would read so many scriptures per week, uh, and uh, we adapted that into reading the scriptures that were relevant to the text. Uh, that we were studying for the week. So I have a uh, chronological biblical review uh, study guide uh, that I am using to guide us through this experience. And in that guide, each week we have defined uh, topics and scriptures that we review and we talk through. And the whole concept of this uh, uh, study approach is that we we read the scriptures and we have discussion topics that we talk through together, together, because I believe that that is the best way that we learn. We learn through comprehension and we comprehend by... Uh, Uh, articulating the things that we have learned, right? We consume it, we read it, we consume it, and we articulate the main points. We articulate and make it applicable uh, to our lives and in a sense of how we can understand it. And so what the beauty of that, the richness of that, is that when we come together to discuss it, others may receive things that in our own singular study, we did not get. So we're learning together. We're learning as a family. And I'm not just talking about my natural family. As a spiritual family, we are learning together. And I believe that while God has called me to lead this effort and building the foundation, laying the foundation of this ministry, I am simply, an under shepherd. I am an under shepherd. I'm 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 just like all of us. I just got a function and a role and God is leading us. Jesus is our shepherd. I am the under shepherd. I'm just coming and undergirding the work and we are all learning together. I hope that made sense when it came out of my head. All right. So, uh Genesis, Genesis, Genesis. Genesis, it begri- it begins with the story of creation and the beginnings of human society so when we started the book of genesis we we read about the story of creation we we read about the fall amen and and we read about the reconciliation of man back to god we read about his plan for the reconciliation. And so while I made the the comment earlier that plans are meant to be changed, uh, and and what I want to say is, I want to add a disclaimer to that, our plans are meant to be changed. God's plan will will be sustained. And we'll see that as we uh, carry through the remaining part of the Bible, that the plan that he initially established uh, while The task uh, throughout to get it done, the action uh, to get it done may have shifted, but the plan never, ever, ever changed. All right. So Genesis uh, begins with the story of creation and the beginnings of human society. Uh, So the stories of the ancestors, the inset, the stage for the birth of a nation that would be intimately related to God. God being our creator and who continues to create relationships of covenant with people of natural faith, such as Abraham and people who laugh at the prospects of God's help, such as Sarah and people who actively try to bring about God's will, such as remember Rebecca and people who might learn to accept grace After long struggle, like Jacob, and people whose life is tragic, and yet they find a way to show grace, like Joseph. So they're all different types of characters that we learned about in the Bible. And these people had diverse characteristics, right? Diverse needs and diverse relationships with God. So we learned about, again, Abraham and his natural faith in God—he believed in God. We learned about Noah, right, and and his uh, faith. And Sarah, she laughed at God. <laughs> she laughed at what God had promised her. And Rebecca, she was intent on bringing God's will. To pass, amen, even though her way of doing it, (laughs) I don't know. And Jacob, we saw that he was long suffering. He suffered, but yet he was faithful to God and he still trusted God and he did what he needed to do. And then Joseph, he had tragedy in his life. He had tragedy that brought him to a place of understanding of God's grace. On God's mercy. And so as I was alluding to earlier in the book of Genesis, uh, while we are exposed to the character of God, it's still a complicated picture. It's not easy to, to, to process just in a black and white manner. Like we don't understand God as being a one-dimension God, amen? He is multifaceted and he is God to all irrespective of their need or their characteristics. In the book of Genesis, we also see both sides of God. We see the severity and the mercy of God when Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit. We also see uh, his character where he destroys humanity when humans behave in a way that destroys community. But then he shows mercy to a few who are faithful. And so understanding the character of God being multifaceted, oftentimes we try to put God in a box. We try to make him this uh, tiptoe through the, through the tulips. Uh, 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 I can't think of that. Uh, rabbit, you know, fluffy rabbit type God. <laughs> you know, that's not the God that we serve. Marshmallow, uh, Michelin man, you know, I don't know. But we want God to be this cuddly, genie-in-a-bottle God. And what we learned in the book of Genesis, if nothing else, is that God is a just God. He is a sovereign God. He is a God who loves his people, but yet he is just to judge them accordingly with one goal, which is to extend his love demonstrate his love show his love that he will reconcile his people back to him and so in the end of the Bible as we near the end uh We learn about God's relationship with the single family that He called out. The family that He called out to walk in covenant with. The family that He used to bring us a vision or a picture of what covenant relationship with him really is. And so the end of the Bible narrates the life in a relationship that God had with the family of Abraham. And the relationship that he had with his grandson, Jacob, Abraham's grandson, Jacob, and the relationship that he had with Joseph and Isaac. I mean, I'm sorry, I said with um, Abraham, with Isaac, with Jacob, and with Joseph. So those are the main characters that towards the end of Genesis, we learned about God's relationship with them. And as we go through the last chapters through 37 and um, through 50, we're going to learn about Jacob. I'm sorry, (laughs) these J's and A's. We're going to learn about Joseph. We're going to learn about Joseph. And and so God used him in a heroic way, yet he was not innocent. He wasn't innocent. He started out... You know, he was he was poking at his brothers, he was a snitch, he was a brat, all of those things. He wasn't innocent. But God blessed him anyway. And and what we need to understand is we need to shift our understanding. We need to shift our view and just allow God to impart in us his the knowledge of who he is, his way. I remember uh, when I was under uh, Pastor Ginyard in his ministry, he would oftentimes say that I'd rather follow the truth even if I have to turn from my knowledge. So if I I have to turn from what I know today, everything that I know to be true, (laughs) I'd rather do that than to walk in an untruth. And so we have to condition our minds to receive from God. And sometimes that means we got to take out everything that we ever thought about who God was. And allow him to teach us who he is. God is a just God and God is a merciful God. But God is a God who will enact judgment when judgment is due. And so what that judgment may look like is wiping out a whole human race (laughs) except a select few through a flood. Because he need to set the he needed to to do a reset. I don't know why my tongue is trying to get tied. He needed to reset. Amen? And so sometimes when we try to put God in a box we want him to be You know this cuddly, cuddly, never uh, enacting uh, judgment on our lives, never disciplining us, never doing any of that stuff. We want him to be that God. We want to put him in that box and tiptoe through the tulips. But God is a just God, and He chastens or chastises those whom He loves. He doesn't do it to keep things from us. He He does it to protect us. I'm I'm reminded of. How when Adam and Eve, when they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and true, I mean, of, of good and evil, when they ate from that tree, God banished them from the Garden of Eden. And I'm telling you, for many years, I looked at that thing different. And God gave me a revelation. He said, I did that because I wanted to protect them. Because they had access to the tree of the knowledge. I mean, mean the tree of everlasting life. So imagine. Imagine. We think it's a good thing. We want to know everything. We think it's a good thing to know. We got to know this. We got to know that. (laughs) We got to know the good and the evil. Can you imagine having that? knowledge and having to live forever never being reconciled back to God the way in which he originally intended man oh man what a merciful God we serve that he banished them so that they wouldn't even hurt themselves but that's the kind of God that we serve God is not a God who withholds good things from us because he doesn't want us to prosper. God is the type of God that in all of his knowing of who we are, he does what is in our best interest. Hence the fact that all things work together for our good. But God gave us the book of Genesis is inspired by the authors written by inspiration of what they experienced and what God gave them. He used that to give us a glimpse into his character, albeit it is a complicated picture. And I think one of the key things we need to draw from that is, is that we cannot bucket God into categories based on our understanding. But knowing through his grace and his mercy, he allowed himself to be encapsulated into the embodiment of a man because he wanted to meet us where we were and our ability to comprehend. I'm telling you when we get into Exodus you're going to see something man couldn't even put their eyes on God because he was just all just just so awesome so awesome so he had to come into a form that we could consume i could just imagine being in his presence and Setting eyes on him and just imploding from the inside out. But in His mercy, in His grace, He has concealed Himself in such a way that we can still experience Him, my God. Mm. Still be in His presence. Still have His countenance upon us, meaning His face and not be destroyed. But the book of Genesis shows us the picture of the relationship between God and these characters. And it reflects the lived experience of people of faith all around the world because I know we all can relate. We all can relate to these characters in the Bible and where they were in their walk. Sometimes too much with all of the dysfunction going on in our families, I'm telling you. This this another thing I picked up. <laughs> as much as I love Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, fell in love with Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Leah, all them. Even loved Lot's wife for the sacrifice she did in helping us to understand, don't look back. As much as I love these characters, Noah and his wife, Adam and Eve, and and all of them, what I realized is that they were not great examples of natural parents. (laughs) They were not. They were not great examples. While God gave, he gave a perfect example all throughout, all throughout of a father, of a provider, of a nurturer, of a parent and what a parent should be from the beginning to the end of uh, Genesis. (laughs) I would... (laughs) I wouldn't take a parenting class from none of them, from Adam and Eve to Noah, you know. And and the reality is, as parents, we are all flawed, so I'm not judging in that sense, but I'm saying they didn't give us the example. That That ain't what we were supposed to get from them. It was their faith in God. It was their obedience to his voice and his word and walking out his will. Even down to Joseph, I'm telling you, we're going to learn about it. We're going to learn about it and how generation after generation, we see those patterns of behaviors. We see the same patterns of behaviors from Sarah and trying to rush God's will and getting Isaac here, you know, and and, and bringing in her handmaiden to, to produce a child, Hagar and, and Ishmael to Rebecca turning around and doing the same thing she heard God's will but she wanted to put her foot in it she said well I'm going to make I'm going to make sure that Jacob gets the the blessing and the inheritance over Esau to these fathers having favor over one child than the other it wasn't evident in uh The relationship that Adam had with his sons, Cain and Abel. But I can only imagine, you know, when you have a rebellious child versus one that's doing what's right. How that favor could be demonstrated over one versus the other. But I don't know I wasn't in their home. (laughs) Then you turn around and get Noah getting upset with his son about looking on him. And getting angry and cursing him. Getting drunk, drinking, getting passed out, not taking accountability for his actions. But then cursing him. But we had a great example of a father, my God. What a great example God gave us in Job. Job got up, he knew knew them buggers were out there doing whatever they wanted to do not living according to the will of God. He knew they were parting every day and doing, but he knew the importance of atonement and getting forgiveness from God and sacrificing for your sins. And every day they said he got up and he prayed for his children. He went before God. And that, that was a great example of all of these characters. That's the one. If you're looking for somebody, say, hey, how, how am I gonna do this? Now, we we got some other examples throughout the Bible that that can give us some more help. <laughs> but, but for the most part, ooh, they were something. But anyway, so but so so that gives us a little history. God gave us some history. But there's, there's no systematic theology, right? That, 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 that will say this is the path, this is the pattern. So we have to resist the temptation to get superficial and try to um, categorize God in a way that, that helps us to... Oh, well, if we do this, then God will do that. That's not the relationship that we have with Him. All right, so Genesis showed us that. So let's get into our study for today. Amen. We're going to start with uh, Genesis 37 and we're going to make our way through Genesis 50. Amen. Mm-hmm.